All right. Well, welcome back to the Temporal Eternal Podcast. We are so stoked to have you here again. Uh, once again, our uh, podcast is a place where we discuss how to live for eternity in our relationships, ambitions, and time. And uh, I have a special guest with us today. He is a friend of mine. I've known him for a couple years now. He's originally a Canadian, uh, now living in the States. Uh, Brock Krushlicki. Oh my goodness. I just practiced it. Krushlicki, right? Did I get that it's right? Good I missed that. <laughs> What'd you say? It's good content, man. <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate it. So Brock, we're, we're stoked to have you. Brock also has a YouTube channel, uh, Solo Veracity. We uh, really encourage you to check it out. Very gospel centered. Um, uh, Brock has uh, just a, a heart uh, for for the Lord, um, you know, for Christianity. And also, I'm um, just, you know, just really wanting to inspire, encourage people um, in their faith. Um, and even in, in some different videos I've watched of him, he's, uh, you know, touched on topics that sometimes I don't even go near, right? And he's, uh, he's <laughs> bold enough. He's bold enough and strong enough and wise enough to to uh, do those. So uh, definitely uh, something I appreciate. But uh, but yeah, today, uh, Brock, um, you know, we start out, man, with uh, random questions anytime we have a guest. So um, it's kind of like a this or that. What, what would you rather have? So are, are you ready for this, man? Oh, I was looking forward to this. I was like, I wanted to play that game. I saw it on the past episodes. And so I'm glad we're doing it. Let's do it. So I, I'm going to, if that's the case, I'm going to start near kind of the bottom of the list moving up because sometimes I'm going to kind of bounce around. Let me get my timer out because we're going to do, we're going to do one minute here and, uh, and I'm going to, we're going to count it off. So, all right. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Ne Netflix or YouTube? YouTube. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Card game or board game? Board game. Football, basketball, baseball, or hockey? <laughs> basketball. Okay, beachfront home or cabin on the lake? Oh, wow. I know those Canadian roots you are pulling you right now. Okay, I got to make it quick. Uh, beachfront. Wow, okay. All right. All right, Canada. Okay, uh, let's do car or truck? Car. Hamburger or taco? Hamburger. At the movie, candy or popcorn? Popcorn. Yep. Dog or cat? Dog. Coke or Pepsi? Water. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Coke. <laughs> I'll go Coke. <laughs> and then pancake or waffle? Pancake. Okay. You know, you got that Canadian maple syrup, right? Canadian bacon and all that. Oh, so. man. That was harder than I thought. It is. Those are tough ones because a lot of them are good. And you're like, oh, I'll ask one more, and it's a pastime because you you have a P. All right, Mac or PC? PC. Okay, I thought so. So because we guys before we started recording, he mentioned he had a PC, and everybody that we've done so far has been Mac. And we wow. Uh, and okay. we uh, in, a, in a previous episode we had um, Adam Pilota, and he said that like he was like, have you ever had a PC? And I said, no, we haven't. And then all of a sudden, this episode we have. I used to have a PC. I just changed to Mac. I'm sorry, but, um, but anyways. <laughs> okay. I'm kind of, I'm kind of in prison because my job, like I have to use a windows PC. So I couldn't so even if switch you, if I wanted to. If you wanted to, would you stick with PC or would you go Mac? 
I would stick with it, not because there's like a bias, but I think I'm just so comfortable using it. You get used, used to, to something, you know? So for sure. I know I feel like an iPhone for like 10 years, but um so so man, I, I want to just start it off and open it up just to, you know, everybody listening in. Just you know, I know you know, obviously I, I keep joking about you being from Canada, but I would just love to hear. Um, I know you have a, a couple of amazing parents and an amazing um you know, wife and in-laws and stuff. And God's really surrounded you with some, with some incredible family, but I would just love to, you know, just uh, have our listeners just hear your story, hear your testimony of, of kind of, you know, who you are and, and what God's done in your life. Okay. I think, uh, sounds good. I'll start off with just a little bit about myself, I guess, and, and kind of my life story. And then maybe we could go into, you know, uh, spiritual testimony after that. Would that be good? For sure. That'd be okay. awesome. All right. So my name is Brock Crushlucky. I'm 27 and I am married. Uh, my wife's name is Brittany. She's 25 and the Lord just blessed us uh, with our first child. Uh, my wife is still pregnant, but she's due in October. So uh, we're really excited for that. Um, hopefully it's the first of many children. We do want more than one. So, um, but again, it's up to the Lord, however many he blesses us with. Um, and like Donald mentioned, uh, I am born and raised in Canada. Regina, Saskatchewan, to be specific. A lot of people don't know where that is, but it's just north of North Dakota, just a couple hours. So it's not not too far from the U.S. border. Uh, very cold, um, lots of snow, maybe a story for another day. But moving uh, here, and I actually live in Indiana now, um, is actually a big upgrade weather-wise. So people always laugh at me by calling this area an upgrade weather-wise. Um, and uh, that's, I guess, a little bit about where I'm from and where I'm at now. Um, I've been living in the United States now for, even though I officially entered legally um, via immigration purposes about 14 months ago, I like to say I've been living here since November 2019 because I've spent majority of my time in the States since then. I went home to Canada a few times, but uh, I've been in the States most of the time since then. So... That's awesome, man. Yeah, I remember. I remember meeting you when you first coming, and then you, you and uh, you and your wife were, you guys were dating, you know, and, and long distance starting out, right? And um, you know, across across borders, and uh, and yeah, so that was that was a lot, and that was uh, a lot of a lot of stress as well, huh? It is a lot, especially how far it is. It's about it's twenty hours if you don't stop. Um, if you do stop, you know, get food a couple times, maybe take a break because it's a long drive. It ends up being about 24 hours. So not a drive that you want to do often, if at all. So yeah. it was definitely, I was flying every time, uh, we were dating before we got married. So for sure. Yeah. Um, flight, flights, all, flights all the way for the most part. So man, tell, tell me, yeah, I mean, we want to hear, man, your, your God story, man. What, what did, what did God do in your life? I mean, were you, were you raised a Christian? Uh, you know, like, did you grow up in the church or did you find the Lord later on or what, what, what exactly happened? Yeah, well, actually I was not raised, um, Christian. Um, my parents didn't really instill any, uh, beliefs in me at all besides, you know, the basic, you know, treat others how you'd want to be treated. I think most parents tell their kids that, but yeah, so no spiritual background at all. Um, I actually got saved when I was 19, so pretty late in life. Um, a lot of people will say if if you're not saved when you're an adult, there's a very low chance that you'll get saved. Um, unfortunately, I wish it was the other way around. I think we all do, but those are just the numbers. So uh, praise God for that. 
Um, and so a little bit about how that happened is um, I had this friend, his name's Carson, and my entire life, um, the least majority of my life, I knew he was just a really good kid, well-behaved. Um, his family was together. It was, it was one of those situations that if you looked at him from far away, you would think, wow, that guy's got a perfect life. Obviously, we know nobody has a perfect life, but that's kind of how it looked to me. And yeah. so right after high school, when I was about 18, um, I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. Um, and I kind of attribute that to the fact that I was just a good, a good kid growing up, had good grades, played sports, never got into trouble. Um, I would actually go around boasting how I never uh, drank alcohol or, or smoked anything because people in high school would be like, do you want this? Do you want that? And I would just always reject them. So I think what happened when I was 18 is I said, you know, I haven't dabbled in anything my entire life. And I think that curiosity got to me. And, uh, you know, obviously now I know that that was the enemy um, tempting me and trying to attack me. And unfortunately, I got myself in some pretty bad situations, started going uh, far too deep down the bad side of life. Um, and uh, I'm not sure how far in detail you want me to go. I could, uh, I think a couple of these situations are important to understand, but um, I was doing drugs, I was drinking a lot, I was partying. Um, and I think the turning point for me when I said I need to straighten my life out is I was at a party and someone pulled a gun. And I said to myself, I, I remember going home in bed that night and saying, if I don't do something about my life right now, I'm going to either end up dead in jail or just something else terrible that you wouldn't want to happen. And um, I remember in the back of my head, and this is totally God reaching out to me, that I had this friend who was a Christian and he just seemed to have everything together. And I said, you know what? he would be really good for me right now, just spending more time with him and maybe having more good influences in my life. Um, and so I reached out to him and I said, Hey man, uh, I know you've asked me to come to church a lot of times. And even though I don't believe in any of that stuff, um, I just want to come and check it out. And I just, I just need a friend right now. And, and he was there for me. Um, never pushed anything on me. He was just a friend first and then kind of a mentor later. And I think that made a, a huge difference. Um, and the rest is history. I mean, my church attendance started going up and up and up. And then I got involved in different ministries and, and that's how the Lord saved me. And that's probably, you know, a multiple hour conversation condensed into five minutes. So <laughs> that was good. <clears throat> I'm, I'm proud of you. Matt, Matt, who's usually on with us. He, he always says I'm, I'm long winded. So I, I don't think I could have done it in, uh, in the time frame that you just did it. But um, no, I, I, I think it's, I think it's fascinating too, man. It's just, I mean, I appreciate you even sharing some of the story of, of your life and what God's done in it. And um, I, I think it's interesting when you think of, uh, you know, I was in master's commission for a number of years and they had this one activity where they had um, people share a testimonial and basically they shared a story as if, and the people, the listeners of the service wouldn't know, um, wouldn't know like what was true, what wasn't, but they basically shared the story of what their life would have been if they didn't have God. And they shared it as if it was like, this is the reality, right? Like, so this is, you know, I, I got, you know, I, I, you know, had a baby at this age. I, you know, I, I was addicted to, you know, and at the end they, you know, it's almost kind of like a fast one. Some people didn't like it, right? It's like, you lied to me for 10 minutes, but it was the reality of like, when you think about your life, and where it is, and like, I've thought about that, like, I've, I thought about, man, like, where would I be right now? You know, like, where, yeah. what would I be falling into? Like, like, not only, 
not only addiction, but maybe a dysfunctional relationship, maybe, you know, still carrying like more pain and baggage and hurt that I never address. Maybe like I, I've even thought about like purpose wise. I'm like, man, like, man, I don't have all my stuff together right now. But what I can say is like, I, I would be totally down like a, a path, even not even like sin wise, just like not living the, the very best that God had for me, you know? And so I, right. I just, I, sometimes you, you know, we share a testimony with people and, you know, it hopefully encourages them or they relate to it or, or brings them hope. But also there's a, there's a principle of, of reflecting back in the sense of like, man, but God, like if, if it wasn't for God, just, man. just like thinking about it, you know, you just go like, I, I don't know where I'd be at. I don't my life would be completely, um, there, there's a, there's a show and I never watched it, but I saw the commercial. I figure what it's called Brock. And it was, it's this guy and it's really, really fascinating but it's showing him live three different lives and like one, he has a family one. He's like single one. He does like a complete, he's more career driven and it's almost like, and we don't, you don't really know, I guess what the reality of his life really was. It just shows the different options you had. And it kind of makes me think about that with our, with like with Jesus or without Jesus. Right. Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I do the same thing you do is, I'll sometimes sit back and just be like, wow, I just feel like it's just been grace over and over and over again in so many ways. And, you know, I think we sit here sometimes as Christians and and say, wow, I really don't deserve what God's given me. But I think it gives us a perspective of gratefulness. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, I mean, some of those situations I was in, it's exactly like you said, my life could have went so many different ways. Um, but, you know, God got a hold of me um, through my friend. Um, and I'm thankful that my friend was, you know, obedient. I'm sure that, you know, he was praying for me and God was telling him to minister to me and he listened to that. So I think it's just a great testimony of, you know, when God's calling you to minister to someone, um, even if it's just one person, it could be life-changing. And, and I think we really need to tune into that. Um, cause I eventually ended up, uh, ministering to my parents they were, you know, on the verge of getting a divorce and praise God, they're still together today, but I give God full glory for that as well. So it's just one of those domino effects that, you know, where would my life be and other people's lives be if, if God never stepped in? I, I honestly think that, you know, I'd be in a bad spot and my parents would probably be divorced. That's what I think. So it's amazing, man. Yeah. I, uh, man, God's yep. so good. Man. I mean, it's just, it's, it's as simple as that. Um, let me ask you this question because I also want I want to spend a few minutes, you know, here and kind of even what God's doing you right now. But I just thought of this right now. What was your friend's name again? His name was Carson. Carson. So, what? It just really made me think of it because I, I, I have somewhere where I want to go with this. But what did Carson do? Like, what? What was it? Like, did was it? Did he have Bible studies with you? Did you guys just talk on the phone? Did you go to hang out, play sports? Like what was like early on during those times before you like really surrendered your life to Christ? Like what were, what exactly do those interactions look like? Yeah, great question. Um, and I definitely feel like the Holy Spirit is leading this conversation because it's exactly where I wanted to go. I felt like I had, you know, gotten too much into the logistics of things and hadn't really given God the glory. Um, Cause it's one thing to say, Oh, you know, my, I went to church with my friend and got saved, but how that happened is definitely important. So I think with him, 
Um, the main thing that I always take away from our relationship and I tell other people is that he was a friend first and a mentor second. And what I mean by that is, you know, our, our conversations would never start with, oh, God wants you to do this or you need to repent of this. He was really a friend of mine first. And I think, I think because he took that approach, I opened up to him more and I trusted him more. And I think it just comes back to loving others as you would love yourself. And I think he really took that to heart because he said, you know, if, if he put himself in my shoes, you have this lost kid who's reaching out to someone who he thinks would be a good influence on him. The last thing he wants is, is to be, you know, thrown all these tough questions at about, about sin, about life and spirituality. And I just needed a friend. And I think the fact that he was that I opened up and, and started listening to him about some of those other things. Um, and to give God the glory, I think the reason why I was longing for that is because I had seen so much evil, you know, whether it's drugs or guns or gangs or whatever it was, I, I had just put myself in those situations so much and it just felt like it was just darkness. And I, I feel like because I saw that, I almost immediately knew that there had to be an equal other side you know, the light, what's good, what's holy and what's righteous, because I felt like I'd seen so much darkness and evil. And I'm like, there has to be a better way in life. And so I think that's what drove me to him. And then the fact that, again, he was a friend to me more than anything is is what mattered. I think that it's very hard to open up to someone if you feel like a project. And I always tell people that if... <laughs> If you're trying to minister to someone and you're treating them like an assignment or, you know, you're going home and you're taking notes on them or something, then I feel like you're going about it wrong. We really need to uh, be there for people first and then they'll they'll listen to us after about the gospel. One of my favorite quotes is um, the greatest definition of evangelism is one starving man telling another starving man where to find bread. Right. And there's like this this position of humility to go like, hey, I'm broken, too. And, and I am, and I, and I think like for me, I, I've always had a heart of compassion, um, and a heart for people. I think God's given that to me ever since I like really surrendered my life for God when I was pretty much 18. And, but I will say now that I have in the last few years, uh, I have a higher level of self-awareness of my depravity of my sin of my of my mistakes of, of my um tendencies it 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 even humbles me even more on how i approach people and and that and, and that's really one of the reasons why i asked about you know carson and you guys and how that interaction was because because really um for everybody who's listening we just got to like one of my one a mentor of mine jeff duncan he's a he's a pastor in moline he he says this statement and i just it's really impactful for me but he always said like just lower the stakes donald like lower the stakes and it's just like hey it's 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 yes people's uh, eternity you know and, and their place in heaven is a big deal but let's lower the stakes a little bit let's not let's not stress out and really i mm -hmm. i think when it comes to um Somebody once asked me and they were like, cause I knew, you know, I had some experience with a lot of different outreaches and evangelism. She's like, Hey, what's your best tip on evangelism? And I would say this for, you know, evangelism slash discipleship, right. Is, um, you know, what, what's your, what's your number one tip? And I said to be Holy spirit led. I mean, I mean, that's it. I mean, I mean, really it's, you know, you look in the, you look in the scriptures when it, when it talks about sowing seeds 
And also like somebody's going to sow the seed, somebody's going to water it. Obviously the Holy Spirit out of everything is going to bring up the life and the fruit of this thing. And there, there will be a time of right. harvest. So for us, if we look at ourselves as farmers or gardeners for the kingdom of heaven, for what God wants to do, we need to have an accurate understanding of the season of where somebody is at. And if we are, if we are listening you know, with a, with intentionality and with precision, then we'll know exactly what they need to hear and what they need to feel. Maybe, maybe they just need to feel that, Hey, like I got you back and I love you. Now I, I started, you know, a while uh, early on in my faith, like I always was like relationship, relational evangelism, relational evangelism. And, and there's, I believe in that, but then also there's the other side of it where it's just like, sometimes you know, we'll, we'll have relational evangelism, but they'll never know the reason because we mm. never, you know, and I, and I did that sometimes like, well, I'm just going to love on them, but do they even know why you're loving on them? You know, yep. and it's not to say you have to push it on them, but you can, there's a difference between saying like, Hey man, I got you back. And, and they're like, man, thank you. They're like, hey, no problem, man. Jesus, Jesus has done a, a work in me, man. And I just want to help people just even saying that just giving God a little man. bit of glory, just, just them seeing okay, there is a reason behind this, right? That they genuinely care, but there's something different about them. Man, I was a mess, man. God's like totally, you know, I, I get it, you know? And just, so giving God shout outs and giving him glory, right? In the midst of conversations, I think mm -hmm. is super important, but also having a sensitivity of where this person is at and knowing that God has them on a journey and has them on a process, Brock, right? Where they go, he's like, okay, I, I'm bringing them somewhere because I, I had to learn this too, especially with my family. God loves my family members, my, my sister, my parents, my children, my wife, my uncles, aunts, cousins, all that more than me. God, God loves them more than me. Right. And so I have to realize, I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to serve you open-handed and be available with how you want me to approach somebody and how you want me to minister to someone. Amen. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I think what you said there about knowing the season you're in and, and being in the Lord's will, I think that's really important because I, I feel like it's very, it's really easy to get caught up in, in getting stressed out about it and, and just, setting way too high standards for yourself. Um, so I liked when you said lower the stakes. Um, I think it's easy to just be like, okay, I, I need to save 10,000 people. I, I need, you know, I see these other people out there, you know, they're traveling the world, saving hundreds of thousands of people. And, and it's, it's easy to want to do that as well. But at the same time, there's a right time for everything. And there's a right season for everything. And, you know, the Bible talks about, you know, there's a time to weep, you know, there's a time to sow, there's a time to mourn, it's time to be joyous. Um, so it's really just praying and asking God, just say, you know, I need your Holy Spirit to guide me um, in the season. I want to be in your will. You know, I'm, I'm going to surrender to whatever you want me to do. Um, so I really like those points you made. Because um, I think, you know, you can get into this comparison game you know, as Christians looking at other people's lives and seeing where they're at and then looking at um, where you're at. And uh, yeah, I don't think that's what God wants. I think God, you know, we're all on our individual journeys and God has different things for all of our lives. Um, like you said, you know, someone may plant the seed, next person may water it. And then, you know, the next person may see it completely bloom. So 
because um, because we all have different assignments right like i always football is the best one because football has like more positional than let's say basketball but like that's like saying the you know as the the kicker like man look at that quarterback throw that ball man like I'm going to go throw the ball, bro. You, you can kick, bro. Like you're, you're kicking, you're kicking the field goals. Like that's your role. And that's important. And that, that is, you know, and there's, and there's not like, Hey, one's better than the other. God looks at it equally. Really. It's, it's what are you assigned to do and focus on that because you might go, well, you know, yes, because there's a principle. One of my favorite quotes, it's Andy Stanley and John Maxwell say, if you say yes to something, you say no to something else. And so if, if I go out and I go and win, you know, let's say I, I go bring 5,000 people to Christ, which maybe that, that happens. Maybe, maybe I do that. But what happens is because I spent so much time doing that, I never discipled and raised my kids in the Lord, which is really yep. one of my first callings I'm supposed to do. So like, that's why we really have to make sure that we're serving God in the capacity that he's given us and also in the accuracy uh, that he's spoken to us, that I am, I am being accurate with where he's placed me so I can be obedient to what he has, how he's designed me to be, and also what he's called me to do. Amen. Yep. You can uh, easily drop the ball in other areas of your life because you're focusing too much on one area. And, you know, you know, obviously, the Great Commission, we're called to preach the gospel, um, to lead people to Christ. But, you know, how many times have we seen, you know, these huge pastors um, and these public figures who they have huge churches, very successful ministries, but then you look at their family life and it's suffering. Or you look at really? another area of their life, maybe they're struggling with the sin. And I feel like it just comes back to what you said. It's when you say yes to something, you say no to something else. You want to make sure make sure that when you're saying yes, that it's within a healthy capacity because, you know, I don't think God wants us to fulfill the Great Commission by dropping everything else in our, our life and denying it. And then now all of a sudden we're not raising our kids, we're not loving our wife, we're not handling our finances or our own health properly. So there's definitely a balance there. And I think we need to lean on the Holy Spirit for that. Yeah. And I mean, and that's my story, right? Like I was in yeah. I was in full time ministry. And I didn't prioritize my family and I had to step away because I realized, what'd you say? God bless you for the full-time ministry. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's, and that's why, so that, that is like why I was like, okay, I need to step away because I'm not prioritizing that. And that's, that's the fascinating conversation too, that this is just something not for us to be fearful of, but just to be, oh, maybe fearful of not, not, but not to freak you out, I should say, but just to be aware of is like, Hey, like good things can derail you from God's purpose for your life. Like, like these could be positive things. Like we're not just talking about, Oh, going to party or, or these addictions or like, it could be something that is actually, uh, like a, a good hearted thing. Like, a, but we have to just be aware of that. Yep, definitely. Um, I think, uh, when it comes to prioritizing your life, um, again, I think it comes back to the season you're in. So for me, for example, I feel like I honestly believe that the season God had me in from the time I got saved when I was 19 up until just a few months ago. So, I mean, we're talking eight years. I, I truly believe this season was eight years, was a time of growth. Um, I believe he was teaching me different things about him and about life. Um, he was shaping my perspective to be more like his. Um, and I feel like I was just shedding my life of just sinful habits and things that I used to have. And it was to prepare me 
for this next season I'm about to enter being a dad. So, and it really is a new season. And I, I truly believe that God's telling me this new season is about denying myself um, and about serving. Um, so I actually believe God's calling me out of some of these really ambitious things that I used to want to do. Um, and he's calling me just, just to, just to serve the church, serve my family, um, serve my friends. And I think that's a place that will be comfortable and healthy because I know that I can, uh, be in God's will in those things, but not get too distracted to the point where, you know, I'm not spending time with my kids or wife and, you know, listening to a couple episodes ago, I feel like you talked about something similar. You were kind of in the same space, maybe a couple of years ago. Um, and, and I feel like, I'm in that space now and I need to make sure that I understand that's where I am because, you know, the baby's coming in four months and I already find myself saying, okay, I need to free up some time. I mean, almost from morning to night right now, I'm like busy all day long. And I'm like, that's not going to fly when I have a kid. So I need to say no to some things and, and it's healthy to do that. I think we really need to ask God, what can I drop and, and what can I keep? So no, that's on point. I mean, like even ambitions, right? That's another one that can be good. But also I remember my dad told me, when he was about to marry my mom, somebody at, at his church was like, well, now you can't be selfish anymore. And my dad got super offended. He was like, I'm not selfish. He's like, what are you talking about? And then he told me, he goes, Donald, man, was that guy spot on? Because really when you get, and, I, and I'd love to hear this. I, I know we're kind of getting near the end of our time, but I'd love to hear a little bit about just what you've been learning early in marriage. But I'll say, man, like when I got married, I just realized how selfish I was. Right. And I was like, cause it was just all about me, you know? And now I was like, wait, now I have to do things. And then when I have kids, holy smokes, like now it's just like, there's, there's like, I, I, I can't put me in front, you know? So it's, it's amazing how you don't even realize, you know, some of those tendencies until you get into that type of relationship. But I mean, what, you know, real quick, I'd love to just hear from you, you know, how, how is marriage? What, what are some of the things that you, you God has shown you that you've kind of learned in this early season of that? Well, for one, my wife has definitely made me a better man. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, God was refining me a lot early on. And when I met Brittany, I feel like she told me the hard things that I needed to hear that other people maybe didn't want to, you know, maybe a friend of mine, you know, even though they're cool with me, they don't want to be that they don't want to be a dad to me, they want to be my friend. And you know, my mom, I think my parents, you're around them so much, sometimes those things go over their head. But when we got married, I feel like my wife called me out on some things, um, you know, nothing too crazy, but just things that I needed to be called out on for. So that's definitely one thing I've learned is um, to really listen to your spouse. Um, you know, they married you for a reason. They obviously love you. So if they're trying to tell you something and you don't want to hear it, I think sometimes you just need to sit back and listen because it could be good for you. And obviously the same goes for, for you as well. You need to be able to tell your spouse those hard things. Um, so that's one thing. And then another thing is just time, man. It's, it's def easily the most valuable asset in the world. Uh, it's yeah. the only thing that has control over. It's the only thing that you can't get back. You can't rewind. You can't increase or decrease it. It's, it's completely in God's hands, uh, time. So I feel like that's something you have to be aware of going into a marriage. And then even furthermore, you know, becoming a parent, is I have less time now that I'm married than when I was single. And then when you have a kid, it goes down even more. So where do you want to be spending your time? Um, you know, just calling on God and asking him to show you those things. Um, and it's going to include sacrifice. Um, and I think, you know, if I could give God any glory, you know, that's, that's what Jesus was all about was sacrifice. He was constantly 
using all day, every day of his time for other people. Um, and it ultimately resulted on him dying on the cross, the ultimate sacrifice. So I think we need to have that mindset a little bit as a parent. Um, what can I sacrifice for my children and my spouse? Um, that, they, that even though I don't like it, it's going to be fruitful. No, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, even the even the first part, um, typically when you, most people, not everybody, but typically when you date, you get somebody's best. And then uh, when you get when you get when you get engaged, you know, maybe a little bit comes out. But when you're married, that's really where, you know, the the filters starts a lesson because now you now you live with them. Right. And now you're kind of like, hey, you know, you know, whatever. I remember um, early on in my marriage, uh, I snapped at I snapped at Azzy. Uh, we'd get into arguments and I'd be like, I'd be very snappy with her, very just quick. And I, and it was really confusing to me at first. And she was kind of like, what, where did this come from? And what was fascinating was I actually had unresolved issues with my mother. Um, and I thought I had dealt with it, but I just kind of just like moved past it, but never actually dealt with it. So then when I had a, an intimate relationship with another individual, you know, like I did with my parents, like something that was like so close I realized like, oh my goodness, I'm snapping at my wife, Azzy, the same way I was, I was snapping at my mother. And I said, okay, I need to like really address these things. And I didn't realize it was there until I put myself in an environment of, of intimacy, right? Of like a really, really close relationship. And so that was super enlightening. But yeah, I mean, 100%, like I'm, Azzy's the same way. She has no problem telling me what I need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> daily, daily. Um, and it's good. I mean, I, I have told so many people, like I've matured, like, you know, and, and Paul talks about the, you know, being single and being married and the, you know, there's blessings behind both, right? There really is. And there's different freedom freedoms from both. And so for me, like I can easily say that I have, um, matured, uh, so much because of, because of my relationship with my wife. And yeah, I think, I think time, you know, for everybody, as we, as we kind of wrap up today's episode, I, I think time's super important. And this is what we talk about with temporal eternal, right? Is just yeah. having really the, the whole, the whole heart behind this thing is having eternity in front of you so that you live with a greater awareness of your time in a, in a greater intentionality of your time, right? Is like, man, like my time is valuable. My time is limited. What am I doing with my time? Is it purposeful? Is it intentional? Or am I just kind of winging it? And as Christians, we have to steward it well. And I think yes. I'm, you know, in the last couple of years now, I think for the first time ever, I'm learning to actually be aware of it and learning to finally steward it well. Am I there? No, but at least I'm going in that that direction. So, so final thoughts from you, man, just about this whole topic and, and anything else you want to kind of encourage our listeners to as, as we wrap up today's episode. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'll give some encouragement, but, uh, first thing I just wanted to say quickly that I, uh, so to your point, you said, you know, when you get engaged, you kind of see a little bit of maybe the more genuine side come out or maybe, you know, some bad sides that you didn't see before. Um, and then when you get married, it gets even deeper. So, um, I think this was, you know, a blessing um, at the same time as it was earlier than other people um, experience it. But since my wife and I were long distance, 
uh, every time I would come visit her, I would sleep at her parents' house in the guest room. So that's like about as close as you can get to living with someone without actually living with them. And, and we did so many trips, we did 22 trips. And every time I came for a week, so that's 22 weeks of living in the same house as my wife, just sleeping in a different room. And so I think I got to see some of those sides before we actually got married. So I kind of got a little warm up and taste of it. So praise God for that. But I think it was helpful. Um, and yeah, just, I guess, uh, for the listeners, um, if you feel like you're in the same season that I'm in, or maybe Donald's in where God's just challenging you to look at how you're spending your time. Um, just pray about it. Um, the Holy spirit, if you call out, um, will guide you. It's what it's there for. Um, it's to help us grow. It's to comfort us, guide us, um, to answer questions. So, um, you know, Jesus, when you send it into heaven, he said, I'm going to leave you a friend. It's the Holy spirit. So, um, yeah, just pray about it. And, and I feel like you will get an answer of how God wants you to spend your time. It can be, can be daunting at first, um, we all have busy schedules, um, but I think you, you'll be comforted knowing that you're in God's will um, when you say no to certain things. So just don't be afraid to say no. <laughs> it can be hard to do. That's good. Yeah, I think you know the voice of God and conviction isn't supposed to ruin your life. It's actually supposed to give you a life to the fullest it's it's supposed to give you the greatest potential and greatest opportunity to live the life god has for you and so embrace it you know embrace those things because that's where we start to see and start to live out god's best for our life and don't get me wrong you're gonna make mistakes we're all gonna i make mistakes i made mistakes today and yesterday and you know whatever it is whether they're minor or major but the the key of it all is that you continue to walk towards Jesus, walk further and further away from, from your past and move closer and closer to God's purpose for your life. Not just like the mm -hmm. long, you know, distance career title purpose that everybody always focuses on, but yep. the purpose of your life daily that he has for you moment by moment. Yep. Amen. Couldn't have said it better. Awesome. Well, Hey Brock, I, I appreciate uh, you joining us, man, I, I really do. We're going to definitely have you, uh, you know, back again uh, another time. Uh, would, would love to love to do that. And, and once again, everybody, make, make sure you uh, just subscribe to Solo Veracity. Uh, S-O-L-O uh, is the first word. And the second word is V-E-R-A-C-I-T-Y. Uh, Brock's an amazing guy that loves the Lord, an incredible story. And just really has a passion to encourage others in their walk with Christ. Uh, so make sure you you follow him and his channel. And then uh, once again, we are on uh, YouTube, uh, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Also TemporalEternal.com. We got some cool merch as well. God bless you guys. And uh, we will see you next week.